Thanks for watching NTD Business coming up. New layoffs from accounting firm Deloitte and rideshare company Lyft. How many jobs are they cutting? Prices have cooled in the housing market and are expected to decline further this year. We speak with analysts to find out just by how much. The Department of Homeland Security announces a new artificial intelligence task force. How can they use AI to help keep the country safe? What do celebrities think about their voices being artificially replicated for monetary gain? That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Don Ma here. Major indexes ended with fractional gains today as investors close out a quiet week, highlighted by mixed corporate earnings reports. The Dow added 22 points, or less than a tenth of a percent. S&P rose four points, also less than one-tenth of a percent. And the Nasdaq gained 13 points, or a little over one-tenth of a percent. Elon Musk said he's personally paying for the legacy blue check marks for a few celebrities who had previously complained about buying Twitter's premium service. On April 20th, Musk followed through on his longtime promise. Prominent users who declined to sign up for Twitter's blue subscription plan began losing their legacy status. But Musk also confirmed that he's now paying for the accounts of William Shatner, LeBron James, and Stephen King. The three icons have been vocal about the multi-billionaire's monthly subscription plan, all previously stressed that they would never pay for it. The majority of blue check marks disappeared on Thursday, including from the accounts of former President Trump, Bill Gates, and Twitter founder Jack Dorsey. Musk acquired Twitter for $44 billion in October 2022. Twitter has dropped the government-funded media label from the accounts of National Public Radio, NPR, the British Broadcasting Corporation, or BBC, and the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, or CBC. Those labels led NPR and CBC to stop using their Twitter accounts. They're arguing that the label didn't accurately capture their governance structure. In a BBC interview last week, Elon Musk said the social media platform was striving for accuracy and truth. The Twitter CEO said the company is editing the label now to publicly funded. The social media platform also dropped the China state-affiliated media tag on the accounts of Xinhua News. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas said today that the department will create an artificial intelligence task force. We must never allow ourselves to be susceptible to failures of imagination, which, as the 9-11 Commission concluded nearly 20 years ago, held us back from connecting the dots and preparing for the destruction that was being planned on that tragic day. Mayorka said the Artificial Intelligence Task Force will explore how AI could be used to keep the country safe. Potential applications include screening cargo for contraband, like fentanyl. The Homeland Security Secretary also suggested AI could be used to secure electric grids and water supply systems. Now, both are potential targets for America's adversaries. Mayorkas said that the new task force may also investigate ways to defend against AI. He added that any AI regulations would have to find a balance between government interests and private sector innovation. Mayorkas said that artificial intelligence was still in its infancy and that it was too soon to say whether the harm will outweigh the good. AI voice replicators are beginning to become a headache for some celebrities. Now that people are making money with AI-generated voices of superstars, lawsuits have started to appear. NTD Shar Marshall has more. Looks like a slowdown has begun in the acceptable uses of artificial intelligence. 
NFL legend Tom Brady is threatening to sue comedians behind a recent video that featured the AI-generated voice and image of Brady. People have been having viral success making AI voice recreations of famous people. So much success that those famous voices are threatening to sue. Conversated with tech investor Bob Bilbrook about this. So they used, uh, two comedians used AI to spoof his image, not his voice, of course. But of course, the voice is part of that. So that was just coming out, and he basically he said, cease and desist, this is not cool. So, um, you know, this is, like, very prevalent in the news right now. A fake AI Joe Rogan podcast, Drake songs, and now Tom Brady. These are just a few of the AI voice recreations that gained a little too much popularity on social media and streaming services. The technology of voice simulation is becoming so advanced, the AI-generated voice is almost indistinguishable from the real thing. The music industry and the people with famous voices are having to figure out how AI should be handled. Think of all the new songs once Taylor Swift's voice is, you know, basically digitally enhanced and, and tracked into a system. The, the amount of songs that could be kicked out with her voice could be infinite. And Universal Music Group sent urgent letters this month to streaming platforms, including Spotify and Apple Music asking them to block artificial intelligence platforms from training on the melodies and lyrics of their copyrighted songs. Similar to the early days of the internet, loopholes will pop up for intellectual property rights holders to figure out. Sean Marshall, NTD News. Major auditing firm Deloitte is reportedly cutting around 1,200 jobs, or 1.5% of its U.S. workforce. This is according to the Financial Times. Higher job losses are expected in the financial advisory business. This is due to a slump in merger and acquisition activity. But Deloitte says its U.S. businesses still have strong client demand. Several financial firms, including major Wall Street banks, asset managers, fintechs, have also slashed jobs in recent months. Ride-hailing company Lyft is also planning to cut at least 1,200 jobs, according to the Wall Street Journal. It's around 30% of its workforce, and it could reduce costs by up to 50% for the company. Its rival Uber gained larger market share while Lyft struggled to keep up. Lyft's CEO said in a note to staff that the company needs to bring down costs to deliver affordable rides and better earnings for drivers and profitable growth. Meanwhile, some new economic data is painting a more optimistic picture. Business activity in the U.S. increased in April. The S&P Global Flash U.S. Composite PMI Output Index rose. It rose to the highest level since last May. The index tracks the manufacturing and service sectors. It was the third straight month that the PMI showed growth in the private sector. The growth comes, though, in contrast to increasing signs that the economy could face a recession. Existing home sales fell in March, but there are tentative signs that the housing market slump is bottoming out. The National Association of Realtors said on Thursday that existing home sales dropped 2.4% last month. They had increased in February for the first time in a year. Sales fell in the West, Midwest, and the South. Sales remain unchanged in the Northeast. The Federal Reserve's aggressive interest rate hikes have greatly impacted the housing market. Residential investment has contracted for seven straight quarters, as the longest such streak since the 2008 financial crisis. Mortgage rates declined from mid-March through mid-April. That should put some buyers back into the market. But recent bank failures could result in lenders tightening standards. And joining me is Nadia Evangelo, Senior Economist and Director of Real Estate Research at National Association of Realtors. Now, the first thing I would like to know is 
prices. Are prices coming down in the re real estate market, in the housing market this year, 2023? Uh, what we see for home prices that that's the first month, like in March, that prices fell, and they fell by less than 1% that's when compared to the previous year. In fact, we expect home prices to drop further in the next month. I, I think until um, the end of the summer months, like last June, we had a record high home price uh, of about, almost like $430,000. So we don't expect median home price to surpa surpass this level like this year. But due to low supply that we have in the housing market, price appreciation will rebound soon. So the good news for supply is that single family construction is increasing, but unfortunately we continue to underbuild compared to the historical average. I see. So what you're saying is prices will dip a little bit this year and then rebound into the end of this year, 2023. Yeah, our, um, our forecast for uh, 2023 home prices is to drop by two percentage points. And then in 2024, we're going to see a rebound uh, with home prices to increase at normal levels, three to five percent, uh, because home sales are affected by mortgage rates since a lower or a higher mortgage rate has a direct impact on the monthly mortgage payment and mortgage rates will continue to fluctuate in the following months. It's very promising to have that inflation is easing uh, more than expected, faster than expected, but um, uh, and, and we expect uh, inflation to slow down even further later. So mortgage rates will likely drop uh, below 6% by year's end and this can boost uh, housing uh, activity. Now, I think you touched on this. You mentioned a 2% drop in prices. Um, can you elaborate further? What is the cause of that? Uh, usually for a, a home to close, it takes like a month to two months. So if you remember like in February, because this is the data that we have like for March. So in February, we had mortgage rates that they were rising. Uh, they went down in uh, December, January, and then in February, they, they, they were rising. So the this higher relative like higher mortgage rates made like some buyers to be out of the market and this is mostly due to affordability okay just one more thing nadia the federal reserve is projected to perhaps pause this year if inflation goes in the direction that they would like to see and perhaps in subsequent months they may, they may cut rate, maybe at the end of this year, maybe next year. But the point is, if the Fed pauses or starts cutting rates, how is that going to impact the housing market? This can help mortgage rates to drop, and this is what we want to see. If uh, the Federal Reserve will pause its tightening policy, monetary policy, this can help mortgage rates to uh, drop faster uh, in the following months. All right, great. Thank you so much, Nadia. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Now, obviously, the housing market is a very complicated subject. There are a lot of variables that can affect it. So we thought it would be a good idea to talk to another expert in real estate. Take a look. And joining me now is Robert Helms, real estate veteran and host of the Real Estate Guys show. Now, we've been hearing since 2002 that there could be, you know, some downside to prices in the housing market. We are seeing, see, seeing uh, cooling a bit in, in this market. Just give us your outlook for 2023. What are you seeing? Yeah, thanks, Don. Well, the real estate market moves in conjunction with a whole bunch of other things, which is why it's so hard to figure out. But if people have jobs and they're good paying jobs and those folks have decent credit, 
then they're able to get financing on real estate and most new purchases and existing home purchases are done with financing. Now, most homes are owned outright, but most new purchases, financing is key. That's the affordability. And what's happened in the last six, eight months is that rates have gone up substantially. And so there's been a reluctance to sell. If I was thinking I might want to move up a neighborhood or two, but my current lending is at 3.2% and my new loan is going to be at 6.8%, I'm going to think twice about that. And so we are seeing a slowdown. Now, I think uh, what a lot of people are wondering is prices, right? Are prices going to come down a lot or not a lot uh, this year? What, what do you see? So a really interesting report this week that sales are down, but profits for home builders are up. But prices generally maintain, especially for new home sales. You don't see builders lower their prices on new homes very often. Existing home sales is a little different. That's a bigger number usually, and that's based on the aggregate of supply and demand in a marketplace. And so I do think we're going to see some softening of prices in some markets. Some might be 10, 15 percent before this year is over. But I don't think it's a fire sale. It's because of the fact that it's harder to put into place a loan that makes sense if I have to pay twice as much for my payment. Well, then either I won't buy as much of a house or I'll be value conscious. And that's going to be affecting the pricing, I think, most of the rest of this year. Well, if we do see a 10% decline in prices, 15%, if you will, does that worry you that th th this is something similar to 2008? That's a great question. Uh, it doesn't actually, because what we have this time around, if you'll remember 2008, leading up to that for several years, we had folks who frankly had no business borrowing money in loans. We called them liar loans and ninja loans. And those were loans that had a teaser or starting rate of one or 2%. And then after the first two years jumped up, that's really hard for most folks to manage. This time around, anyone who's bought a house in the last four years has had to qualify real income, solid credit, a job. And because of that, I don't think we're going to have the runaway run to the bottom that we had last time around. And the other reason it's not all bad news, if housing is less affordable to folks who are going to live in a house, buy a house and live in it, well, they're going to have to rent. And that's bullish for landlords. Landlords, investors, will come into a market if they perceive that prices are down a little bit, sales are sluggish, but rents are solid. Well, thank you so much today. You mentioned a number of very important points. I'm glad to have you on the show today. Thanks, Don. Appreciate it. And most of the green energy tax benefits provided by the Inflation Reduction Act are going to big banks and big corporations. This is according to a new congressional analysis. Now, just to refresh your memory, President Biden signed the Inflation Reduction Act into law last year. It's worth $750 billion. According to the study, firms with over $1 billion in sales are set to receive over 90% of the green energy tax subsidies. The study focuses on two main credits, electricity production tax credits and electricity investment tax credits. I found that 97% of the production credits go to big firms valued at $1 billion or more. While 92% of the investment credits go to large banks and insurance firms. The study was done by the Nonpartisan Joint Committee on Taxation. 
Democrat lawmakers disputed the analysis. At a recent hearing, Congresswoman Judy Chu said the Inflation Reduction Act is addressing, quote, the climate crisis and creating thousands of American jobs in the process. Canada and Volkswagen today outlined plans for a nearly $15 billion battery factory in Ontario. It's the country's biggest single investment yet in the electric vehicle supply chain. One of the three gigafactories that Volkswagen is making for batteries to build the future around the world, the first site outside of Europe to build the future of automotive excellence. The battery plant is expected to be Volkswagen's largest in the world and create up to 3,000 jobs. It aims to have 90 gigawatt hours of capacity. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said that when completed, it will be the largest factory in Canada. Groundbreaking planned for 2024 production projected to begin by 2027. The South American country of Chile is planning to nationalize its lithium industry. Lithium is a critical ingredient in making electric car batteries, and Chile is the world's second largest producer of the metal. The move could present new challenges to EV makers for securing battery supplies. Chile is going to nationalize its lithium industry, the world's second largest producer of the metal essential in electric vehicle batteries. President Gabriel Boric announced a shock move in a televised address on Thursday, saying it's the country's best chance at, quote, transitioning to a sustainable and developed economy. Chile. Chile has one of the largest lithium reserves of the world. It is a mineral that, being in electric bus and car batteries, is key in the fight against the climate crisis, against climate change. This is an opportunity for economic growth that will be difficult to beat in the short term. The announcement poses a fresh challenge to EV makers scrambling to secure battery materials as more countries look to protect their natural resources. Mexico nationalized its lithium deposits last year, while Indonesia banned exports of nickel ore, a key battery material, in 2020. Boric's plans for public-private partnerships managed by the state mean control of Chile's vast lithium operations would in time be transferred from industry giants SQM and Albemarle to a state-owned company. Albemarle said the announcement would have no material impact on our business, while SQM was not immediately available for comment. Boric said he would present his plans to Congress in the second half of the year. Taking a break now, but if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, please email us at business at ntd.com. Still to come, the White House is planning for 6G. This will be several orders of magnitude more powerful than 5G. It could even enable holographic communications and smart cities. That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. 6G is coming. The White House today met with telecommunications experts to discuss building 6G. It's expected to be vastly more powerful than 5G. And with this power, there will be a new variety of more widespread applications, which will transform all areas of life and every field. That's going to be advances like using the Internet simply by moving your hands through the air. It's going to give real-time holograms potentially everywhere and smart cities. 
6G refers to the sixth generation of wireless telecommunication technology. And just a bit of history, 1G, or the first generation, came out in the 1980s. You could use it only to talk. 2G introduced text communication. 3G let us use the internet on our phones. And both 4G and 5G made everything faster and more powerful. And this power brought us virtual reality and self-driving cars. 6G will be faster, higher quality, and higher capacity, and allowed for much more sophisticated applications. This is according to telecom professor Ian Achilles. He's been teaching telecommunications for 40 years, and he works with government agencies like the Department of Defense and NASA. Achilles says 6G will be multitudes, magnitudes of order better than 5G. The delay for communications from one milliseconds in 5G systems, it will go down to 0.1 milliseconds, so extremely fast and right to the point answers whatever you want to uh, get responses or download any applications. Then the reliability will be much higher, like from 10 to the minus seven to the 10 to the minus nine, as we call them packet error rates. Researchers say 6G will be able to give extremely high performance connectivity to massive numbers of connected devices. It won't matter how densely these devices are concentrated in one area or how much people are moving or what activity is happening in the area. This enables more widespread use for this technology that seems like science fiction. Achilles gives holograms as one example. Caesar's Palace has a concert by Whitney Houston, and it's all sold out. And Whitney Houston appears as a hologram there and, you know, giving a concert. And uh, uh, it's very impressive, but we are talking about uh, not uh, just streaming, but also real-time communication. For example, we could use holographic time communication, you and I, it will look like we are sitting in the same uh, studio. For more applications, we spoke with Professor Martin Mayer, who's been in this space for 20 years. He wrote a book called 6G and Onward to Next G, The Road to the Multiverse. Mayer says 6G will let us experience the internet with all of our senses. He says that people will be able to use the internet just by moving their hands through the air. They'll also be able to remotely control physical and digital objects. This may involve a robot. This is called the tactile internet. 6G will also expand the power of virtual reality, augmented reality, and mixed reality. Maybe giving Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse a much needed boost. Other potential applications include sophisticated digital twins. Now, this is a virtual replica of an object or system that can be virtually analyzed. For example, a digital twin of a manufacturing plant could be used to optimize production. Another application, remote surgeries. If you can't get the patient to the doctor, then the doctor can perform surgery remotely through a robot. 5G isn't powerful enough to enable this. Many say 6G is still far off, but the professor we spoke with earlier, Ian Achilles, who's also one of the most highly cited researchers in this field, confidently believes 6G will be here in just two years. Should you be prepared? Still to come, a new IKEA store may be coming to a location close to you. The company is investing $2 billion to open new locations in the U.S. We'll have that story in just a couple minutes.
Welcome back. IKEA is planning to spend more than $2 billion to open eight new locations in the U.S. The move would expand the retailer's furniture empire in the U.S. in its biggest ever investment in a single country. The locations of the new U.S. stores have not been decided yet, but Inca Group, IKEA's Dutch holding company, says it plans to grow its presence on the east and west coasts and invest more in the south. also wants to open nine smaller plan and order points in the U.S. over the next three years. Plan and order points are for customers who want to get consultation on how to design their homes as well as place orders. The company says the new outlets would create 2,000 jobs. IKEA currently has 51 stores and two plan and order points in the U.S. And that's it today from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. If you have any news tips or feedback for the show, please email us at business at NTD.com. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next week.